0: Welcome to the Catholic Sportsman Show. My name is Paul Micellini, with my uh, co-partner, Randy Leah, and we are going to interview Frank Delena. And before we introduce Frank, we're going to start with a prayer. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and this opportunity. We ask you to bless us this year of 2024 and all our endeavors and our podcast today and just send the Holy Spirit to be down here with all of us. And we ask our Lady's intercession Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Sebastian, patron saint
0: of Christian athletes. Pray for us. Blessed Carlo Acutis, our technical blessed of the Catholic Sportsman podcast. Pray for us. In name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We were excited to talk to Frank Delena. Get this. Get this going, um, Frank. I uh, just. Recently got married here in April, so congratulations, Frank! And
2: thank you, thank you. As you were saying, so far so good. Can't complain too much, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and um,
0: we saw Frank's podcast, and um, and we said, hey, let's let's get him on. And he is the founder of the podcast Bring the Juice. So we'll definitely put the link to Frank's uh, podcast in our show notes at the end. Awesome. Yeah. So, Frank, uh, we just want to kick things off um, how we always it, We just want to ask you to share a background of your life and how faith and sports have kind of interacted through your whole life up to this point.
2: Yeah. Um, grew up in Fresno, California on a onion farm. Um, I'm the oldest out of all the grandkids and obviously my brothers and my sister and you know faith has always been a huge thing in in my life definitely a staple both in my athletic career as well as you know being a farm kid and uh, we grow onions so one thing that people don't quite understand or or they don't see all the time if you're not in an agricultural based area is the importance of what the weather is if you're a farmer and You could hear countless stories about people's lives getting ruined, Um, you know, multiple generation farms having to shut down because of a bad storm or because of, you know, heat just uh, rolls in. And you got 30 days in a row where it's 110 degrees and it's literally cooking your crop or your cattle's dying. And when I was younger, I we started off, you know, very humble beginnings. Um, a very small operation, and uh, lived lived in a, you know an apartment with my with my sister and my brother and my mom and my dad. Nothing glamorous at all. And I, I every day that I didn't go to school, I, I went to work with my mom and my dad because they were the people driving it. They, they didn't have a bunch of people that worked for them. It was my my grandfather, my mom, my dad, my uncle, and, mother, and my aunt. That It's the five of them who really created Delaina Farms. Um, and I got to see it grow. And I got to see the growing pains that came along with that. Um, you know, a storm's coming in and my dad can't sleep because we got to get it. We got to get a tractor in the field. Otherwise, onions won't be ready 100 days later when they need to be harvested and you're trying to earn your stripes, and you're the new kid on the block that are going against these big corporations, well, you gotta get your foot in the door, and like anything, accountability comes into play, right? So I saw these things um, that my father and my mother were struggling with, they were stressing over in the business side, and they always prayed, and we always, we always as kids just went along with it, right? Like, we're if we were praying for rain, we prayed for rain that night at dinner. If we were praying it didn't rain, that's that was the that was the thing. I, I didn't understand it. I just knew it worked and I believed in it. So as the business grew and our family be able, was, you know, able to continue to grow and go from that apartment to a house. I always just valued those principles of hey, we do need God in our life. People ask, how do you guys do it? It's like God's an element for sure. And then you pair that in with our sports career. Um, You know, I I had, I played football at Fresno State and uh, had a stint with the Team USA bobsled skeleton team and and God has always been important and we can dive deeper into that. But, you know, my brothers, they both play football at Fresno State as well. They're both division one athletes. My father did as well. So sports is in our blood. And, you know, when you're a little kid, you're, you're used to praying for things before you take a test. People is dear God, please, please help me do good on this test, which I never really understood. But when you're, you know, first, second grade, that's, that's kind of how what you do. And my father and, and my mother, give them both credit. They, uh, they taught us how to pray, especially with football, where you don't go into a football game. And before the game say, dear God, please help me score three touchdowns tonight. Right. It, it doesn't work like that. They explained to me the concept of you say, dear God, please give me the opportunity to be the best version of myself I could be tonight. Whatever, whatever happens, it happens. You pray for safety, you pray for health, but you don't pray for. You're not making a wish necessarily. You know, you're 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 saying a prayer, and I I, I stuck to that, and I, and I didn't just play football. In high school, I was a four-sport athlete. I played soccer, track, baseball, and football. And so I had a lot of praying to do before games and, and track meets and stuff, right? And when God re- rewards you with touchdowns or, or or big plays, don't forget about it. Because you should pray and thank God. And and ju- when things are going good, you should pray. And when things are going bad, you should pray. It shouldn't think, oh, I don't need to pray to him right now because I don't need him. That's, that's never been you know, part of my mindset that I was brought up with never part of my journey. Um, And I think I've, I've reciprocated that to my brothers because I, I take a lot of pride in being the oldest. And uh I, I always wanted to beat my dad growing up. He was, he was kind of a stud everyone, all his friends, he never said it, but his friends and the people around him that I would meet that knew him said, your dad was a dog, absolute stud. And, I see uh, He was. A, he's a, a fantastic role model still to this day. So I wanted to beat him, and I wanted to make it to where my brothers would want to beat me. And I knew the man that I was becoming, if they wanted to beat me and they do beat me, well, they're going to end up okay someday, right? So I, we, we as brothers are very tight-knit, and, and we taught each other how to pray and understood the faith. And I remind them, you know, if you're going through a slump, how to pray or when to adjust your prayer. And you could go through some dark days in sports. Um, I, I bring it up. I'll bring the juice constantly, whether it, you know, be you're not getting the playing time you wanted um, maybe a coach that you really admired left for another job. Ultimately the uh, everything comes back to God. And I learned that as an athlete, I learned that as a farmer, and I try to embrace it in both. I, I'm blessed where I had great examples, both as moms, my mom and dad, uh, my grandparents. And I, like I said, being the oldest, I've taken a lot of pride in in keeping that 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 trend going. Where you pray to God, you have a good relationship with God. Good things continue to happen. And we've, you know, it's it's a real simple formula that that we kind of just have lived by. There's not something, you know, not, no, no cute way of saying it that you should put it on a t-shirt or anything, but if you work your butt off and do everything in your power to be the best version of yourself you could possibly be, and you have a good attitude, because you could control the controllable on that, right? There's a few things you could control. There's some things you can't control. Control those control. Control your attitude. Control your effort. Put everything you can into it. Prepare the best you can. And have that faith in God. Good things will come to you. Maybe I'm not saying it's going to be a straight, you know, upward trend where you're going to be an all-American and get all these scholarships or go to the NFL. There's going to be some, some, you know, growing pains, some ebbs and flows, some ups and downs. But it is a formula that I learned works in athletics, and it also works in other things. Um, when you stop playing sports, a lot of emotions come, and one thing that stayed constant in my life. Was always been prayer, always been prayer, and uh, I now have the obstacle of being a you know 26 year old guy who's recently married that is trying to be the best version of himself that he possibly could be. That was once a Division one athlete. That was once trying to go represent Team USA in an Olympics. Is now you know an onion farmer, uh, a business owner, a, a Bring the Juice podcast host who's taken pride in what was once football and, and, you know, bobsled skeleton is now, am I a good husband? Am I a good, you know, father someday, a good brother, a good son, friend, man of the community? Um, I got a lot of different demographics listening to me. I got, you know, athletes my age that like what I have to say, um, former athlete, joy, be shooting it straight. Parents of athletes, where they're trying to see, hey, how can I prepare my kid to be the best version of himself? Maybe you know, I'm a five eight white boy. I overcame a lot of odds athletically. How can how can you get there? Mm. And then the the high school kids too, where it's like, hey, I look up to this guy, and I want to be a good example um, in in all ways, shapes, and forms. And like, I'm very raw in, in what I do. Um, I showed the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and I'm, and I, you know, I'm not afraid to, I've mentioned many times, I'm not afraid of my faith. I'm not afraid of relying on that. It's a staple in my life. Um, you know, my wife, when I met her was not Catholic, her sister and me were best friends in college. I met my now wife the morning of graduation at a bar (laughs) and, uh, I was like, "Who's that?" You know. A couple years later, she's my wife. But she actually, uh, my my now sister in law, who was my friend that introduced me to her wife, she married a guy I went to high school with, and they are just two sisters and their mom and dad, and and we got married within a year of each other. And and sure enough, this family of four um, went from they believed in God, but we went through you know the RCIA together and. This whole family just bought in. It was like, "Hey, we already go to church with you guys. We believe in God. We just didn't go to Catholic school and, and kind of have that straight shot journey of, um, you know, getting your first communion and all the all the fun stuff." And it, it's just, it's it's that was a, a real close one. Obviously, um, we got married in the church and all that, and glad we did. But to see that. Even on the vulnerable parts on Bring the Juice, um, where I've said, you know, guys are on their – they go visit their mom on their deathbed and something bad happens because something bad happened. Whether you're Catholic or religious or not, you might not have God in your life, but people say, God, please help me. Like, I I don't – I'm lost right now. You feel like you're drowning it always does come back to God. And sometimes you got to get punched in the mouth to remind yourself of that. And I think part of maturing as a, as a human, as a, as a Catholic, as a, as a man of faith, when adversity strikes, you do really have to rely on your faith. Um, and, and, and not just adversity when you're building something good to keep as part of your faith. And, you know, the big athletes that I've, I've, I've talked to, I don't think I've had one that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in God. I don't like God. I'm I'm not a man of my faith. So clearly something's there. Um, and sorry, I just went on a, a rant there, but I, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of a a background and, and, you know, I, I know this is a, a, a Catholic sports podcast. The sports side of me, um, I walked on to play football at Fresno state. I uh, had scholarships out of high school to play soccer and it was awesome. But I got good at football and I wanted to play where my dad was, you know, had a stint of playing. And it was our hometown and Fresno State's a respected program. And you know, having the opportunity to do it, I said, I this is what I want to do. Being a farm kid, they have a great agricultural business program. So it lined up perfect. Walked on, earned my stripes, um, you know, got to playing games, got to go all over the country to play in football games more than I ever imagined. And there was super high highs and super low lows. There was walk on that, you know, walk on mindset that I've always kept that got to turn into a scholarship that I got to see, Hey, you barely had an opportunity to play here to, you know, you're a senior, you're a leader. People are looking at you to, to, you know, get people going to get people fired up, to set the standard. And from there, um, you know, when my career was was coming to a to my senior season, I I, I knew I never wanted to play in the NFL. I knew I never would. Um, I just wanted to represent Fresno State. That was that was my goal. I had so much pride in it. And I was twenty two, you know, fast as hell, strong, all that. And I had a class at Fresno State called the History of the Olympic Games. The teacher kind of chirped in my ear. Hey, I always tell my players uh, or my my students, you should try for the Team USA bobsled team. The team's made up of a lot of ex-football players and track stars. And anyways, one thing led to another. I start going to these tryouts. I get the itch. I, I, you know, I, I'm clearly physically fit to do this at this point. Um, I'm the optimal candidate, and I got to decide whether I'm going to Lake Placid, New York, or Park City, Utah. Well, my now wife... Uh, who I met at that morning of graduation, she happened to go to the University of Utah. So that was kind of an easy decision for me. And I was there for two years. Um, trained way different than football. Went from bobsled to skeleton, which skeleton is head first by yourself. If for, for you know, the people that aren't aware, it's a, it's a winter sport. And it is as crazy as it sounds. You're going 80 miles an hour head first with, no breaks, you're steering with your shoulders. It was probably athletically, um, one of one you know, I had injuries that took me out of um, depth chart positions in my time at Fresno State, where you there's there's 20 receivers, and they only play three, and you get into the you know, you're not even highly recruited, but you're in the top six. Well, that's great, you get hurt. You're really devastated. You turn back to God. But when I was skeletoning, you're going 80 miles an hour head first, and you don't know how to drive. And you just come from being a college football stud to where you're bottom of the totem pole. You don't like coming in last place. And not only are you going slower, you know, these guys are going 80, you're going like 78 miles an hour head first. It's still pretty freaking fast. <laughs> not bad. You're getting. Ragdoll doll just slammed into these walls and you got no there's no like football pads or armor you got a helmet but it's like a wearing a wetsuit on your outside and it's not like it's cushioned pads it's 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 a cement wall that's has you know layers of frozen ice around it you're crashing into so i and and, and they don't talk about the g-forces I think it's like three G's you hit when you go. So my head would weigh 180 pounds equivalent. And you could only go down the track twice in a day because your your body just couldn't take the G-force. And, uh, you know, I was probably a month into, into it at this point. I'm, I'm in the developmental program racing against countries that are all, you know, these guys have all been to the Olympics already. You're, there is no Pop Warner – then freshman, then JB, then varsity, then college football, then NFL. You're right in the NFL, baby. You better, it's it's adapt or die. And I had this such a strong mindset. And I knew I could do this, and people believed in me because my whole life, like I said, I I'm I am fast and I'm strong for my size, but I'm 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 i fi- am man. I, I played culture ball at 160 pounds. It's I was gritty. I prayed a lot, <laughs> but I, um, I did not like getting in last place and I, I did not like not winning. And not only were you not there, you're getting just destroyed. Like I said, to the point where I had a run, I'll never forget. I'm going down, we're racing at night. I went down and I, I got hit so hard. The wind got knocked out of me so hard. I had a previous rib injury that I, I felt the ribs. The, if you've ever heard of ribs before, ribs, it sucks. It, it, it's really tough. It's hard to breathe. Yeah, You know, you feel like an old log cabin with wind going through it. It's it's terrible. I felt it. I got the wind knocked out of me. And I still – I'm going 77, 78 miles an hour at this point. And I still got – half a mile to go down this track you can't just stop there is no stopping it's a it's a brick going down an icy mountain like there's no stopping the way the way they stop you in this sport this is crazy they have old tempur mattresses they throw in front of you and you boom, 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 boom. you just you just it's it's bizarre um but i remember in that day in that exact moment going 77 miles an hour i was like I just said. I, I put my head down and just was like, whatever happens to my body, it happens. Like I, I could fly out of the course right now. Anything could happen. I just prayed. I was like, I the ultimate the ultimate God help me right now moment I've ever had in my life. Um and you know, I was in a low. I I went, I drove home from the from the Olympic training facility that night, was laying in bed. I'm coughing up blood. I'm I'm, I can't even breathe. My shoulders are all black. I got no skin on my arms because from crashing so much. And I'm just like, am I am I barking up the wrong tree here? Um, but what do you do? You, you you know, every day you got a choice. You say a little prayer and, and and you put on your big boy pants, your big boy belt. You grab your lunch pail and you go to work the next day. And and none of that can happen without a conversation with God, Um, especially when you're alone. You know, I I grew up in Fresno. I got to play division one football in in front of my huge Italian family with my wonderful friends and my parents' friends. And then I, I moved to another state, which I've never done before by myself. And I'm the worst at something. And I'm used to Fresno where it's 110 degrees. And now it's, you know, zero outside. And I don't know how to drive in the snow. And it it just it was a very low low for me, and um, God oh, God helped me. I uh, overcame some adversity and got you know get knocked down six times, get up seven. Got back on the saddle, continued to to, to get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, and um, I was racing in it's called the North America Cup it's, it's one of the races kind of before the Olympic trials. And I hurt my calf. My parents were there. You're racing against, you know, the Netherlands, Ghana, Israel, Ireland, Italy, Canada, USA, other guys. Um, every country's there. And I, I hurt my calf. I tried to keep pushing through it. And, um, one night I my mom and dad, they were, like I said, they were in town to watch me race in, at the Olympic facility in Spark in City, Utah. And I was like, I can't walk. Something's really wrong right now. Cause I've torn things. I have hurt myself really bad. Ended up going to the hospital the next morning, and my ankle looked like there was a, I mean, my, my calf looked like there was a, you know, like a giant grapefruit connected to it. And I found out, um, I had a three blood clots in my right leg and I'm, I'm 24 years old. I'm like 6% body fat. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in fantastic shape and the, they didn't think I had it. They're like, you're the opposite of somebody who would have a health problem like this. Um, They don't know exactly what it was. They don't know if it was from the calf injury, whatever, but the first thing the lady said, like, okay, first things first, I say this to all my blood clot athletes, or my blood clot people, can't go on an airplane anytime soon. Mm. I was checked in for a flight to go to Switzerland when I went to the hospital. Oh, wow. And they're like, you would have died on the airplane in a heartbeat. And I was just like, dang, man. Like, that's, it was crazy. And, you know, before I know it, sports were just kind of, Taken from me because I I went and did this journey to try to go to the Olympics and I just kind of found out real quick um, that that wasn't going to happen and everything happens for a reason. Um, like I mentioned, being the oldest and being on a guy who grew up on this onion farm, it was kind of time for um, me to come back and, and start working on this onion farm all at once. So I got hurt. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I get a call from my dad and my grandfather, like, "Hey, you know, we're 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 in a a little bit of a pinch here. Obviously, the business has grown mass not I'll say massively, but the, exponentially at this point, to where you know they can't just handle a few acres anymore. It's 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 much 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 past that, and they needed somebody that knew the business. Um, We're out in Kettleman City, so it's like an hour drive from civilization. (laughs) And it it all just kind of happened at once. And before you know it, I'm training at an Olympic facility every day to I'm in an onion field at 2 in the morning because it's so hot outside and I'm working nights. And you're just like, life comes at you fast. How are you going to adjust, you know, especially when all you're identifying yourself as your whole life was – your athleticism you're you're an athlete you're you're such a a specimen um it's something not everybody got gets to do at a high level and i was i was blessed that i had the opportunity and i capitalized on it and and kept it going and and you know i can hang my hat on that and i never at all on my podcast say that i was an all-american or an all-star i never say everyone always says you're the olympian right i did not go to the olympics i did not and, um, before you don't, know like I said, you're, you're, you're growing onions, um, back in the family business, you're not an athlete anymore. And you have all this energy that you put towards being an athlete and it needs to go somewhere. Yeah. And I went on a few podcasts, kind of told my story like I am now. And I realized, Hey, like I, I'm kind of, I could talk, <laughs> I could talk you're for good. an hour. Right. And you're good. <laughs> I, I realized Nah, I don't know about that, but I realized that I was in a unique position where I, you know, my buddies who I played football with, they were either former division one players that are starting their own businesses. And they're taking that mindset and being successful or they're playing in the NFL. And then I have buddies from other sports from around our area. Um, I made a list of as many people I could think where there a text message or a DM away to saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I got this this podcast where we talk about um, chasing greatness and being the best version of yourself, and uh, you know what makes you get out of bed on the days you don't want to, because it's not easy every day. Every Tom Brady has his days; he just, you know, he's not feeling it today. You're in a low, and to have that opportunity where people got to see." the human being side of these guys, I I realized that's something special and they, uh, the athletes appreciate it as well because they're viewed as a human versus a post game press conference where you ask a guy, so Johnny, what's it feel like to score a touchdown? It was great to score a touchdown, right? Mm -hmm. So getting all that, uh, you know, circled together, I I just decided one night, two o'clock in the morning in an onion field, I, I want to start this, this, this journey. And I strategically, um, you know, did my research on how to launch it for success and what my strategy would be and who I'd want on and what we talk about and what the vibe would be. And, you know, I'm i I'm a young buck. I, I still like to get rowdy. And uh, I just, I kind I, I kind of just have created this vibe and and combine it all together and anything goes. I, I don't want to, say hey if you're too far left or too far right you can't come on or you know you you believe in this or you you're you're this that and the other i don't really care and i think anyone in the sports industry has that filter to them where i've played with people that are black white mexican asian come from the richest parts of the country to you know they're living in a apartment in Compton with 20 people in it they're they're used to sleeping on the floors it it doesn't matter. It's, you really get to a cool opportunity when you're in a locker room to adjust and adapt to, Hey, we want to win football games. You're going to have to be my friend. We better get to know each other. Right. And you realize how genuine people are, no matter what their background is. And no matter what your upbringing is, you you have the ability to, like I, I mentioned, control the controllable, you have the ability to be a good person. And, and ultimately I'll bring the juice. I always think about like, what's your why? Like what's, if I could say it in one bullet point or one answer, if I could continue to spread positive energy, vibes, mindset, every time, if I have a 10,000 people listen to an episode and one person listen to it and it adjusts their day to what now they're going to be the best version of themselves, I'm going to keep going. It's that's worth it to me. And and obviously there's a lot of things along the way, but I'm not, I take a lot of pride in not being, you know, clickbait or splitting, spreading, you know, BS. Um, I, I have my hot takes. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to be the guy who's like, Oh, did you see what so-and-so did and they look so bad right now? What are they thinking?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm, I'm not going to be that guy that spreads negativity. And, and uh, you know, I, everyone's, everyone's got a story. And I think they, they have the right to, you know, get that microphone and, and say what they got to say. And, and I, I try to do a good job and I, I've learned that's why I have successes. I am the bridge between the listener, the viewer and this athlete explaining where this athlete's coming from. And Hey, on the human being side, you're not that different. You know, you're, you're you could be like, I, I've said it recently, you could be a stay-at-home mom, uh, you know, a restaurant owner, an accountant, an onion farmer, a doctor, it doesn't matter. You're not that different from a NFL quarterback that's get paid gets paid millions of dollars. you you really aren't that different. Your 40 time not might not be as good, but you're you're really <laughs> deep down. They're going as through their own struggles and facing their own adversity. Um you know, more than you could imagine. And I think people really value, they get to see that side of people and then athletes really value the opportunity to, to say their story. So again, not to go rambling here. I'm just trying to give you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a great base, so you covered a lot. So it was, it
0: was
1: excellent. Yeah, that was, will you share some time, how much time and commitment, a division one athlete or a, for a bobsled athlete needs to put in each year to play at that level.
2: It's an everyday thing. Even on your off days, you, you gotta, you gotta do something. Um, I kind of mentioned that my brothers both play division one football right now. I, I never got the opportunity to play with them. When I left Fresno state, my middle brother came right in and, um, which sucks. I would have loved to do hitting drills with him and stuff, but, uh, it's an everyday thing, whether it's mental or physical, or, um, you know, one thing, especially in today's day and age is, is staying healthy, which I've kind of mentioned. If, if you're on the sidelines, you're, you're useless to your team. You're useless to yourself gaining any ground and where you want to get your career. Um, I think at the college level, everyone's fast, everyone's strong everyone could hit to an extent what really separates you is your preparation on your opponent and your timing within whether you're an offensive guy me being a receiver am i on the same page as the other receivers as the tight ends as the running backs as the quarterback as the offensive coordinator um and that's things where you know i'm in the film room i'm studying my playbook we had me and my roommates we had a Humongous whiteboard up in our apartment in college, where we would just be like, "Hey, let's talk about this scenario here." And great teams, you know, you look at the, the like the, the the great combinations of quarterbacks and wide receivers in the NFL, and I've, I always use this scenario because I was a wide receiver. It's just it's not that the other wide receivers in the NFL or in college football aren't as fast or can't catch as well, or the other quarterbacks can't throw as well is that everyone's on the same page and they're prepared more than the other team, more than their opponent. So if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. That's one thing, but you also need to outwork the best. And people think sometimes, Hey, I went out today and I had a hard football practice. Well, guess what? The team you're playing this week, they had the same exact football practice wherever they are in the country. Right? So, are you getting more work in after practice? Are you studying more film? Maybe they went home and they're taking a nap and you know watching a movie. But no, you're staying here. You're getting your body worked on. You're mentally preparing a little bit harder. You you got you got your your bearings. You're more prepared. Whatever it might be, you have to find that edge in sports. It's the only way you continue to grow. And you know, one of my coaches used to say, "We're like trees." You're either growing or you're dying every day. And you're either getting better or you're getting worse every day. You're never staying the same. So if you can continue to take things day by day, brick by brick, that's where you'll see long-term success. But it's 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 that continuous grind that, that gets people. And, um, you know, I mentioned my brothers. The reason I say that is because they finished their football season on December 16th this year, right? They had their first practice January like 12th, so they're preparing for this football game. Their Fresno State plays Michigan week one next year. That'll be fun. They, oh, they, yeah. they right. are in the position though where they want to take a couple of days off, let let your body rest and readjust. But those guys in Michigan, they're they're going to start running. You better start running a day earlier. You better stay an extra. 10 minutes. You better, after practice, the guys at Michigan are getting an extra 20 balls caught. You better get an extra 30. You got to continue to find that edge. And I, I mean, obviously, you guys know who Kobe Bryant is. Kobe Bryant, was he's hes the king of this. He found the edge. He's, he is the perfect model for I'm going to outwork you and perfect certain parts of my game. And ultimately, in the end, I am going to be better than you. And there's countless guys that are perfectionists and professionals at the high level that they do have that Kobe mentality. Um, he's just an easy example. But to answer your question, Randy, it's all day, every day. You never can actually stop. Even when you're on vacation, you the the greats, the guys who are chasing greatness, you can't completely turn that off. Not saying you can't have fun, not saying you can't relax. Mm. But if you want to be that guy who goes to the Olympics, who goes and plays division one, who wins ball games and championships, it's all about finding that edge and everyone's got their quest. Everyone's got their journey. Some people can get away with it because they're just naturally gifted for to, to a certain extent, right. but the real results always come through in the end. And, and that leads me back to, if you put everything you can into something you know everything and at the end you fall up short you're not going to hang your head in disappointment you're going to know i did everything i possibly could so either way you'll come out winning on that but you you got to devote your life to it and, and i don't believe in you know going halfway in anything i'm i'm if i'm if i do something i'm all in
0: and it's true That's- i mean in, in the in the spiritual life too it's just like you said frank in the physical life, you're either going up the escalator or you're going down, right? Yeah. And in the spiritual life, it's the same. And all these experiences that you had and this discipline that you've learned, has that have you seen it transform into now uh, your married life, your you know, Bring the Juice podcast, and
2: your work? Yes. I um one of the biggest struggles that I, I realized in my life was translating that it's much easier said than done Um, because whether you like it or not trying to go to the Olympics or playing division one, big boy football is not the same as being in an onion field. It's just not, you don't get And and I'm not saying I did that to, you know, get the fame or the accolades or the status or to impress anybody. Um, You know, there's certain things that just come with the territory, but it was extremely difficult to say I'm gonna have that same intensity and dedication that I had and keep my foot on the gas the way I I, I have always have when there's not a trophy at the end of this necessarily there's not a uh, crowd that's gonna come watch me to perform it's it's you versus you and that took a little bit of adjusting I like I I was telling somebody. I probably didn't read a book from like sixth grade to senior year of high school. Just did not Not that I didn't want to. I just had practice. I constantly had practice, right? If we were in class and we had to read a book, I read the book, but I never for leisure would pull up, you know, a Harry Potter or a, you know, magic tree house or hunger games. I just, I never, I never did. We had practice. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't have practice. We were training on our own to get better in my household. That's what we, that we believed in. And when I finished and I started those onion fields, I, I list, I'd listen because I had a big commute every day. So I got really into audiobooks. And I would buy the physical book. I'd put notes down in the actual book when I was listening to it and what I liked. I probably listened to 50 books in like four months. I, I've, I've never been on such a book kick in my life. It was anything from you know uh, health and wellness, just good autobiographies of, of great men in, in society, um, you know, the, the classic. I, I love mindset books. I'm huge on the Navy seals and how they operate, a lot of that stuff. And I said I'm gonna fine-tune myself and adjust my discipline more towards what i want to be in my life which is a successful man mm-hmm. and like i said that that is with that comes all kinds of things obviously your is one um but it also does include I, I do want my career to be on the right track i do want to be able to provide for my family i do want to be able to make it so where my kids come day could we could put them in catholic school and uh go to go to the proper college that they'd want if you know, if college is still a thing in 25 years, but I, there's, there's so many things that I I want to build and there's only so many hours in the day and you can only put your effort in so many things. So I better put it in the right things. And, um, that was a struggle at first, both for me and, and seeing my peers around me that, like I said, they, these guys were, they were playing big boy college football. They're scoring touchdowns. They're featured on ESPN. They're on billboards. Well now they just they don't got that that sparkle anymore and they 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 don't they're not taking that same energy and intensity to whatever's next in life. Instead, they're just they're depressed and I and and you go through that, but you keep the faith and and you power through and and you'll come out ahead. That I, that that was the mindset.
1: Well, Frank, you sound like a very motivated person. Where where do you find the motivation to to do it all? all the things that you do.
2: I have a great support system. Um, I mentioned my mom and my dad, they, I I saw what they started with and how I kind of started out growing up and how it kind of step-by-step blossomed. And you go from being in just your local grocery store, you see your onions to you could go to another state and see your onions to they're constantly all over the country now. And I, I saw their formula and it's like I mentioned, it's nothing super special. There's no secret sauce, but it's the consistency. It's, it's, it's the way they went about things. I'm motivated by them and their success. And I, I've seen that it's possible. And then just the people around me. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm married now. My wife is very supportive of me. Sometimes I have too many, bring the juice hats laying around in the garage and such, but she, she, she always supports me, and I—I've I, always told her since I met her, I—I I have a plan, and trust me. And I—I I bet on myself. I—I I, like I said, I'm very a very calculated person. Where if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to win at it. I'm not gonna, oh, we'll see how it goes. Like no, we're we're gonna do this. When I started this bring the juice thing, I said, this is gonna be a success. I, I knew it was. I was not going to let it not be a success. I knew it was going to take time, but in every journey I've ever had, I've always started off at the lowest part of the totem pole, just based off my, honestly, my appearance. Like I said, I'm a five, eight white boy. That's what it is. And it's okay. You find a way, you find an edge, you sneak your way in there. And being able to have the motivation behind you know, my family and and my wife, my brothers, that's always been great. And and I have a real good group of friends. Um, They think I'm crazy. I, I'll throw 25 ideas at the wall, and you know what? Some of them are. They'll, everyone will look at me. And it's like Frank, what are you doing, man? But there's one or two of them. They're like that might that might be something there. And it's just I, my my mind is not rest. I have. One of my New Year's resolutions, I don't know if it's a resolution or not, but I'm always writing my ideas down. I've learned I'll forget them. So I'm writing them down on like napkins, envelopes, you know, ran- just the randomest things. And I, I'm like, where the hell is that, you know, napkin from that that PG&E bill from, you know, 2018. And uh, so I got I got notebooks now. I got green notebooks. So they're all over the place. They're they're in my house, by my desk, in my truck. And when I got an idea, i write that puppy down on the green notebook. And I'm, I'm, uh, in my, in my friends and in my community now Now that we've, you know, we've gained some recognition. I'm known for, I'm not your, your cookie cutter guy. I'm, I'm a little, um, I'm a wild card, if you will. And I always have been, and I'm just, I'm just embracing that. And, and trying to stay within the lines, but also think outside the box at the same time.
0: And, and we need people like you in life for sure.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Because yeah, you make definitely. things happen. Right?
0: So, so with the podcast, with Bring the Juice podcast, um, what are your objectives? And you know, we are always impressed. Like we talk with you, we have, we have takeaways what have been some of your favorite takeaways from your guests that have kind of inspired you or like, ah, you know, I want to try that.
2: In my I life. think for me, the the biggest, the biggest, I wouldn't even call them takeaways, but I think uh, just like take a step back and really think about your perspective on things uh, just, just to rip off a few. One of them has to be, of course, I had Justin Fields on the podcast um, quarterback of the Chicago bears. If you guys don't know, And when I, when I, I wanted to do my research on him, obviously as a good podcast host does, he had a lot of interviews to cycle through a lot on his Google page. Mm. And one thing that really, you know, bothered me is he was on a, um, he was on the Rich Eisen show a couple weeks before he was coming on, bring the juice and Rich Eisen just said to his face, like, so how's it feel to be the worst quarterback in the NFL and your team had the bears had the number one overall pick that year. It's like, are you a little nervous? They're going to you know replace you. Hmm. And I just, when I saw that, I was like, this dude's my age. He's playing football. He's always battling some injuries. I know what it's like when your hamstring hurts and your shoulder hurts and you're, and nobody even cares. Right. And you're going home and you you're all taped up and you got, I, Everywhere and you're hooked got all these wires attached to you during the day and it sucks. But no, no one, no one sees that part. No one cares. Mentally, you know, you know the reality. There's, it's the NFL sports in general. They're a business. They're gonna make a business decision. They don't care about your emotions. And then on top of that, the power of social media. When you're high, you're high. When you're low, you're low. So what do you think was happening in his? Social media DMs, death threats. Uh, you, you, you know, you're terrible. You suck. Go home. We don't want you. Saying insanely, just, just ridiculous things that Hebrew keyboard warriors that in person would beg him for an autograph, but over a, you know, a phone, they think they could get away with anything. All those emotions, as much as we're taught as athletes, block out the outside noise. Don't worry about what they say on Twitter. You know what? Sometimes it gets to you. And to have Justin Fields come on, he didn't didn't know if he wanted to be on or not. He came on and was so just down to earth and and true. And he talked about his relationship with his father and just said, like, that's my guy, man. That's my guy. It's, it's, It's the person when... I need to talk to somebody and really say how I feel that's that's who I that's who I talk to that's who I that's who I'm a part of and I think him just actually talking about his genuine relationship with his dad it wasn't it wasn't uh on a podium with 25 microphones in his face saying Justin who do you look up to these days he's like yeah you know my dad's my you know he's, he's a good guy like he you could feel in the room, that he genuinely is in a low and his dad has been in his corner. And not just in the NFL. When he was in high school trying to be great, he went up against Trevor Lawrence from seventh grade all the way through. They went to all these camps together. And Trevor Lawrence always got the MVP in first place. And Justin Fields was always second place. Justin Fields in his high school football league was second team all league because Trevor Lawrence was first team. Mm-hmm. National championships he's losing to Trevor Lawrence. He talked about, and everyone has their Trevor Lawrence. Everyone has that guy who always they've competed with and might have that edge. It's part of that's part of life, right? Mm-hmm. To hear him just discuss that, I think a lot of people related to the concept of, hey, he's he this guy's a human. He's going through it. He talks to his dad when he needs someone to lean up against. He uh, he's out to beats to he he's, he respects his opponents, but he's not satisfied. He, he's he's mad that he's losing football games too. He's mad he's losing to Trevor Lawrence again in the NFL. Mm. I have the utmost respect for Justin Fields, and I am a forever whatever team he's on will hold a little slice of my heart for him. Um, was able to go watch a Bears game this year, and he's he's he reps the hats. He's been a great dude. Another one that always sticks out to me is Jose Ramirez, um, professional boxer. He is an Olympic boxer. Great dude, great man in the community. Great father, great husband. Uh, we've really become friends the last couple of years, and his mindset. Of he went to the Olympics, became a professional boxer, was undefeated, became the world champ. He was the world champ, I think, of like 132. Go to his house, great house, has all these fancy cars. I mean, he's it's, it's a pro boxer, right? He's done very well for himself. And very, 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 very big man of faith. He has championship belts. Olympic rings all over his house. The guy is a stud. He talks about the pressure it was to be the undefeated world champion of the world. Undefeated. He is a point. I think he was like 27 and 0 he didn't lose a fight mm. for like eight years. Wow. And you're in a sport where it's you, you know, it's not like you have a team. Oh, the Patriots were good this year. No, no, it's you. It's on you. You win, it's on you. You lose, it's on you. Now, you have people that support you and help you along the way, of course, but that's, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So he discussed that pressure, right? And it led to him, uh, he eventually lost. So he lost, he lost the belt. And Then he won one fight after the loss. And at that point, he came on the podcast. And he discussed just... The mindset of trying to be perfect for that long, not just winning a fight, not just keeping the belt, but keeping that goose egg, right? And he discussed just kind of the, he didn't say the word relief it was when he lost, but that was something that no longer was on his brain, right? That was a, not a weight off his shoulders. Of course you want to stay undefeated, but it's something that, you know, he didn't have to worry about at this point. Now it was, I got to win and win the belt back, right? in the midst of this conversation he also mentioned uh the concept of outside noise and this guy is loved by the community in the valley in mexico boxers all over the country i mean he's floyd mayweather came to town like a month ago just to hang out with him right they went and got dinner in fresno it was all over wow. there the guys he's a name in boxing and um an even better man Like I admire the hell out of him. He got very vulnerable and just kind of discussed. He's trying to help his family. His family's from Mexico. They came here, they're farm workers. They're trying to get on the business side of things. He wants to give people opportunities to succeed, but not they get not just give them money to where he does it for them. Right. He he mentioned to the concept of you know, I brought up social media. He has like 100,000 followers, right? He posts a picture and he'll get 200 comments saying how how great he is. You're the champ, blah, blah, blah. And then there'll be that one or two guys that they don't even have a profile picture, right? They're, they're ghost accounts. And they'll say, You're a bum. We don't like you. Wow. You're, you're a POS. And he just said, He was, it makes, he was, I, frank he was i can't lie to you he was you know it it makes me think why i'm i'm a good person i'm a good man i i win i'm trying he's you know he's like a like a mexican rocky almost at this point great underdog story and he he just he got he talked about it got vulnerable about it and we just had a great conversation that i did not expect for i didn't expect for it to go that way Mm -hmm. um Someone who just seems so bulletproof for of just success. And the only dip in his life, athletic career-wise, was he he lost the belt. Like obviously, that's a big dip. But you know, to be 28 and one, and you were the world champ for like six years, that's that's a hell of a stinted professional boxer. Are you kidding me? No kidding. And, and and you and you you raised you started foundations you raised awareness you're helping out the community you're a good dad blah blah blah. That was unique to me. And then the last one I'll share, in my time at Fresno State, we have a legendary coach. His name's Coach Jeff Tedford. Um, had a great stint at Cal. He's had great success at Fresno State. He's had success everywhere he goes. He's a great football coach and a great man. And he takes a lot of pride in, you know being a good mentor as well. And uh, I think, you know, kids that are 18 to 22 years old that are playing college football, they need someone like somebody like that to be a role model. And me and him just always had quality conversations. You know, he gave me opportunities that I'm forever grateful for. Um, there was a point where we had a coaching staff change and he was brought in and he could have got rid of me. He got rid of like a good chunk of players, like a third of the team, he saw something in me, kept me, he put me on scholarship. We've had a great relationship. Um, he came to my wedding. It was a cool experience getting to blossom. He, he recruited my brothers. It, it was always been a great experience. And to see him, you know, to get him to come over to my studio, you know, just talk like old friends was really unique for me because it's such a high level, high pressure business of uh, these high level athletics to where you don't get those type of genuine conversations often. And it was just such quality and people within our area were like, I've never seen this side of him. And I was able to, you know, show them a snippet of what he really is like as a man, uh, it doesn't have to be always so formal on a, you know, post-practice press conference or something like that. So, you know, those three, like I said, everyone's got a story and everyone's got a mentality. Um, People have overcome things. People have been motivated by all different types of scenarios in their life, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a, a big injury to them themselves, uh, a death in the family, maybe not the best household, the a coach leaving. there's or, or sometimes everything was just so perfect that there's this pressure on you to be perfect. And like I said, I try to do a good job of connecting these high level athletes to the every person and everyone has something they go through. And it's, it's, it's unique that they get to, if they want to share it to whatever extent it is, they could go surface level. They can start crying. I'm, we're there for bringing the juice. I, I, I've i become good at guiding the conversation and um, not only making it to where they get to tell their story, but also where they're viewed in a positive light. Yeah.
0: Well, Frank, thanks so much for sharing all these great stories about your podcast. And as we kind of close um, any last inspirational statements you'd like to make to the listeners and, uh, we'll definitely put your, your show notes or your link in the show notes for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I really, um, I think you guys got something good here. And when you reached out, um, I, I've never been afraid to talk about my faith on bring the juice. I have many times and it's always, A sparkle when uh, I get a a random message from somebody being like, hey, I I like that you voiced this and you said it because, you know, it's 2024, people are afraid to say certain things. Um, They're afraid to say certain things on the Internet. They're afraid to say certain things that will be clipped and be bounced around on the social medias. And I've never been afraid to say anything. Um, I think how you say things could could help your case in certain ways. But I love that I've never been afraid to voice my faith as a Catholic, as a young man who's trying to be great, as an athlete. Um, and I mentioned it you know, many times now, like we're all a, a lot more similar than we think. And I think we all have God in our lives, whether we know it or not. But when you have the opportunity to embrace it, it, it propels you forward. And any athlete, um, you don't know where to turn always turn to god it it, it it is proven to help it will help it will it i would it's guaranteed success whether it's in your athletic career or your life later down the road you will come out better because of god in your life and i truly believe that i uh i appreciate you guys having me on and you know, kind to keep a good thing going. And we'll have will yeah. keep in it. touch.
1: Yeah, and uh, Randy,
2: you want to
0: lead us out in a closing prayer?
1: Sure. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Frank and his witness. And we ask your blessing upon his um, new wife, Lord Jesus and on his family, and on his podcast, and and on his, his farm, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for his motivation and his love for you. We pray for all those who are listening to us today in podcast land, and we pray that whatever we said, that something that is heard will lead somebody closer to you. We ask this through the intercession of the the Blessed Virgin Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
0: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
1: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Frank Delano with Bring the Juice Podcast. Frank, thanks so much. It's been great talking to you
1: today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Love. Thank you very much, Frank. Yep. We'll talk soon, all right? Yep. Definitely stay in touch. God bless.